following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Cornerstone Baptist Church and Pastor Stephen Stewart. Well, good morning, church family, this first Sunday of May, and uh, we are uh, thrilled to be able to uh, once again uh, worship the Lord together, uh, even in this uh, environment. I trust that uh, this time of going into God's Word has been uh, both beneficial and also uh, very practical in the sense of uh, meeting together, separating uh, from the things of the world, being able to focus our attention upon the things of God. And now, uh, this is a big day for us, uh, not just because it's Sunday, but uh, also because I've got a, a big announcement to make. And I'm going to want to encourage you to tune back into tonight's service. I'm going to dedicate tonight's service to trying to make uh, an announcement about the future. I believe it'll be exciting for us, uh, but there's a lot to say about it, a lot to consider. And so uh, I want to encourage you to uh, follow along uh, tonight uh, for that announcement. Uh, if you have your Bibles, I want to go, go ahead and encourage you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. I know this is not the book of Genesis. And uh, we are going to pick up next week in the book of Genesis chapter 4 uh, because it is Mother's Day. And uh, we're going to deal with Eve from Genesis chapter number 4 next week. And so I didn't want to move ahead um, this week on that. And so we're going to look at just something very practical, three passages of Scripture that, have, that has helped me personally the last, I would say, about six weeks. Uh, this is more of a topical in nature. We're going to look at three different passages. Uh, but I want to just give to you what I believe the Lord's given to me. And uh, from His Word, and look at it uh, in a very practical uh, and beneficial way. And so if you're there in Matthew chapter uh, number 11, these are going to be very familiar verses to you. Uh, but I want us to look, that, look at them uh, in a very personal way. And so, Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to begin reading in uh, verse number 25. And if you're there, we'll follow along. The Bible says in Matthew eleven twenty-five, At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight, all things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whom the Son will reveal him. Now there is a definite distinction there that all that's going to come is going to come through the Son. Remember Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father, as mentioned in verse number 27, uh, no man cometh unto the Father except through Jesus, the Son. And so to know the Father is to know the Son. To know the Son is to know the Father. And Jesus Christ is our way to know the Father. And by stating that as the fact, the invitation is made for all in verse number 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, 
and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. There's a phrase here I want you to make note of, in verse number 28, it says, come unto me. Uh, I want you to make note of that. If you're writing some of these things down, maybe in a notebook, uh, I'd want you to write down, come unto me. Then I want you to hold your place here and turn back with me just a few chapters in Matthew to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew 4. Matthew 4 begins with the temptation of the Lord Jesus by Satan. And as it progresses, Jesus begins to then call out to those who would be his disciples. And in a very familiar verse, once again, I want us to find a phrase that Jesus used. Begin our reading, beginning our reading in verse number 18, Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee. This is Matthew 4, 18. He saw two brethren, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And notice verse number 19, would you? And he saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That's a familiar verse. We often like that phrase, becoming fishers of men, in our uh, endeavors to reach people with the gospel of Christ. But I want you to notice the two words that precede that in verse number 19. And if you're writing and making notes, I want you to write these down again. It's the phrase, follow me. Follow me. So we have Matthew 11, come unto me. Matthew 4, follow me. And then the last gospel, the gospel of John, I want you to turn there, in John chapter 15. In John 15. John chapter 15, Jesus is giving the great discourse of the branch and the fruit, the vine. And bearing fruit here is uh, what glorifies the Lord, we're told. In verse number 8, herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples. And he uses the word disciples there, and we refer to those that followed him as his disciples. But he says something to these disciples in this passage especially in verse number four, uh, that we're going to find that'll be helpful to us. I want us to begin, though, our reading in verse number one so we can gain the, the text. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Ye, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Verse number four, notice the first three words. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, of itself except it abide in the vine, no more can ye abide, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire, and they're burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And then we come back to verse 8. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. We've looked at these passages uh, in, in depth, uh, but I want us to make just note of verse number four in the first three words, abide in me. 
And once again, if you're writing these things down, I want you to write those three words down. Abide in me. So we have come unto me, follow me, and abide in me. Now our first thought, I speak for myself, is that when we look at these passages, we want to put it to action, right? We want us to say, okay, here's what I'm to do. But before we get to ourselves and what we're to do, I want us to see, first of all, who it is that it's about. Uh, It's not so much about you and I. It's about Christ. The key to every single one of those passages is the word me and who is using that terminology. Who, who, Who is being referred to as come unto me in Matthew 11? Who is it that says the words to the disciples on the seaside in Matthew 4, follow me? Who is it here that says in John 15, verse 4, that we're to abide with? It's me. In these past six weeks, we've had some time uh, to maybe separate ourselves and get into God's word and focus upon him. And oftentimes we go to God, maybe it's within our prayer life, or maybe it's when we come to church, and we're seeking something from me. This is what I need, this is what I want, this is my prayers that affect me. But I would encourage us, and what this has spoken uh, to my heart about as I've looked at these passages, is it's not about us. We don't start with us. We start with Christ. He is the focus. He is the goal. It's not so much about what we're trying to do and accomplish for Him. It's the fact that we are with Him. So let's go back and look at these passages just in in a little bit more depth. And I want to see the focus on the word me. So turn back to Matthew 11, if you would. Matthew 11. I want you to see what the Lord Jesus says about Himself here. Matthew 11, verse number 28, he says, Come unto me. Now, that's an invitation. And yes, we are part of that. And I'm thankful that I've come to him. And I know the rest that he gives and the peace, having the peace with God that only he can give. But it's who we are coming to. We are coming to Christ. We say all of that. We're trusting God in this. We're trusting God in this whole matter. But yet I still see a lot uh, of, of anxiety and, and focus upon trusting maybe in the government, trusting in uh, society to get this right, trusting in our, our fellow man. And we have to live in this world, but not to be of this world. How do we distinguish the two? It's who we place our trust in. Who, who do we really believe is working here and at hand? I believe it's God. And here the Lord Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. It's not go out and try to work and do your hardest and do your best and just ask God to bless your plans. It's, Lord, I have no plans apart from you. I start with you. And we must start with God. He says, Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden. From a spiritual aspect, uh, of even a salvation aspect, we come to God empty-handed. We come to Him uh, with no merit of our own. We come to Him 
laboring in our own good works and heavy laden with our guilt and our sin upon us, uh, unable to do anything about that. And the Bible says, though, He will give us rest. It's not that we're going to turn over a new leaf and try our hardest to do better. It's that we come to Him realizing we're burdened down. And without Him, we're nothing. We can do nothing. And so we see that salvation and the satisfaction of life are found in Christ here. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This passage is preceded by uh, the verses we read at the beginning, verses 25 to 27, that talks about coming to the Father, you've got to come through the Son. And so there is an application made here for salvation, but also I believe it's we continue in that same vein once we're saved. It's not that we, we are saved and we come to Him and He relieves the burden of sin and then we just go back to our own way and, and laboring in our own strength and our own power. No, it's a complete emptying of ourselves in Christ. And it's not the gospel just that saves us, it's the gospel that keeps us and empowers us and strengthens us. And by God's grace, we do what we do each and every day. And so we come to Him. And when we come to Him, He gives us rest. It's not something we earn. It's not something we can gain. It's something God gives, and only He can give it. He gives us rest. And then we take His yoke... The yoke is often looked at as an instrument of burden. You would yoke oxen together to plow the field. When we yoke together with Christ, we are identifying with Him and we are laboring with Him. I want you to see the focus is being with Him. It's not about us trying to find ourselves or to do something in our own strength and power. It's to empty ourselves in Christ and then to realize His strength and power. If you were to yoke uh, a small animal, a farm animal, maybe take a sheep, and you were to put that sheep, which the Bible refers to as us, with an ox in the field, and you're going to put them together, and they're going to walk together plowing the field, who's doing the most work? Or I would say who's doing uh, all of the work? I would contend it's the ox. The sheep would probably be more of a drag upon it and a hindrance. And that's sometimes the way I look at uh, my life and the Christian life. It's, Lord, you'd, you could do so much more with uh, uh, so much more, not less, not, not a sheep like I. But the Lord wants to yoke with us. And sometimes we, we feel like we're doing all the work. We're, this, it's, it's up to us and what we do. And I know we have a part in it. I'm not trying to, to say we don't have a part in it. But it's not because of our strength and power. It's not because of our prestige. It's not because of what we know and what we've gained. We are nothing without Him. And He says, come unto me. I want you to focus on the me. Then He says in verse number 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. He says, and ye shall find rest to your souls. Are you anxious and worried still at this time? Are you unsettled? Can you not find any rest? Does your mind race? Are you looking at the uncertainty of the world and coming across and concluding that everything is fearful? Well, I believe it's not so when you're yoked with Christ and you're learning of Him. Because He says we'll find rest in Him. 
There's a rest that only He can give in verse number 28. I'll give you rest when we come to Him. We empty ourselves and our burdens and cast all our care upon Him. We trust Him by faith for salvation. But then as we labor with Him, we find that His strength is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. And we find rest. It's a rest we find as we labor with Him. If you're weary and anxious and worn today, it's because you're laboring in your own strength and power and you're not finding your rest in Christ. So how do we find that rest in Christ? How do we then labor with Him? I think we've got to go back to Matthew 4. Matthew 4, the first verse that we read, Come unto me. The second, Matthew 4, then follow me. Follow me. We often place the emphasis in Matthew 4, 19 on the very last part of that verse. I will make you fishers of men. And we've got great uh, uh, endeavors to, to do something great for God and to be fishers of men. My, my mind's immediately drawn to when Jesus, I believe it's in Luke chapter number 5, he tells them to launch out into the deep and let down their nets. And they were so full that they had to call uh, those in the other ship to come and to help them and bring them in. And we think of those efforts and we think about casting our nets and bringing in a lot of fish, but that's only done as we're following Him. It's not that we, Jesus commissions us and then we leave Him and then we go and we do it on our own. It's as we're following Him. Think of it, we're yoked together, but this yoking together is He's leading us. He is the one that decides the path. He is the one that is directing us and we're following Him. We're following Him. And as we follow Him, we find what He would have us to find. When I go fishing, it often seems like the fish don't want me to find them. Uh, I do more casting than I do fishing. There's very little fish when I go fishing. There's others within our church that are a whole lot better at that than I am. I've never had what we'd say good luck fishing. I enjoy the peacefulness out there on the lake uh, but I'm more of a sightseeing type of guy when it goes to that rather than the fishing expert that knows how to catch the big one. But with Jesus, if we're following Him, we're always able to do what He wants us to do. He says, follow me. Are you following the Lord Jesus? To follow Him means you have to be near Him, right? He, he has to be in front of you. Some of the time that... Uh, I, I see myself in this picture is I look back at Jesus and want Jesus to catch up with me and to say, this is, this is my plans. Put, put a stamp of approval upon this. And right now we're, we're hurrying. We're trying to get back to things. And I've really had to pause and to say, Lord, I want your plans. This is, this is Christ's church. This isn't my church. Cornerstone Baptist Church isn't my church. We say it's, it's our church in a sense. We belong, but our belonging is to Christ. It's his church. We belong to him. We don't, you don't belong to me, and I don't belong to you. We belong together with Him. We're His church. We're part of His body. And as we're following Him, He makes us into what He would have us to be. And we must learn that lesson. We learn the lesson of following Him. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Get back in line with the Lord Jesus. Submit your plans to Him and to say, you have full veto power. They're not my plans, not my will, but thine be done. 
It's not that I'm looking for Jesus to put his stamp, stamp of approval as I submit what I want to do with my life. It's I go to him with a blank slate and say, what do you want me to do? I'm following you. I'm following your plans, not mine. If you're building a house and you have the blueprints before you, those that come, they look at that and they follow the blueprints to know exactly what needs to be done, where and when. Our lives should not be lived that where we go and we create the blueprints and we hand them over to the Lord Jesus and just say, you just would tweak them here and there. No, we go with that blank slate and we say, I have no plans but thine. What you put on there is what I want. And only what I want. Follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. The last passage we, we looked at is in John chapter 15. John 15. The Father, we come to Him through the Lord Jesus as we come to Him. Matthew 11. We're following the Lord Jesus. As we follow Him, He makes us into what He would have us to be. And you would say, well, then what is He making me? What does He want for my life? He wants you to bear fruit. That's what He wants. Because that's what glorifies the Father. Is that we bear fruit. What could this fruit be? Well, we've looked at that in detail. Uh, if you've been a part of Cornerstone for any amount of time, you know that we've often referred to that fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. It's Spirit-filled life. I believe there's a cohesiveness here in Scripture. And as we talk about fruit, we talk about the fruit of what the Spirit is doing. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, temperance, meekness. All these things are evidence of the fruit of, of, of the Spirit working in our life. I believe it, it, it should be looked at as a unit, not as parts, but as a whole. And love leads the way. And it glorifies God, and that's what we want. The whole purpose for living as we begin looking in our study in the book of Genesis, what we were made and created to do is to bring glory to God. We were created by Him, Colossians 1.16, and for Him. We were created for His glory. And the way that we bring glory to God is to bear fruit. His Spirit indwelling within us, coming from us. And that, my friends, is what the world needs to see right now more than ever. And the only way that happens is when we abide in Him. I want you to get the picture. We've come to Him. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. We're following Him. But sometimes we're prone to wander, as the song says, doesn't it? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. That means we're no longer following Him. And if we're not following Him, we're not close to Him, we're not near Him, and we can't abide in Him. But if we're following the Lord Jesus as His disciples did, when He stops, we stop. When He goes, we go. And we abide with Him. What you think of the word abide as dwelling, living near Him. Where He rests, I rest. Walking in his footprints. 
He says, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Meaning we don't bear this fruit just through our, our good works and what we, what we intend and desire for ourselves. We bear this fruit because he is in us. It's a product of him living within us, abiding in us. And we abiding in him, he said, accepted it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. We can't bear fruit of ourselves. It says, verse 5, He that abideth in me and I in, I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. As we plan the weeks ahead, we must not plan the weeks ahead without Christ. It's not us, about us just having church. It's about us meeting with our Savior and us exuding and exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit within our life. It's not about going through the motions. It's not about singing the songs. It's about the one who the song is about and us becoming so close to Him where we're moved and our, our thoughts and our actions are a result of Him in us. And we take that out into a lost world. And that's how we live in the world, but not of the world, because when we live in the world, the world sees Christ in us. He crowds out the world in our life. It says in verse 7, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. That's not selfish. Many people look at that verse and say, well, Jesus said, if I ask what I want, and he's going to give it to me. That's selfish. That has nothing to do with abiding in Jesus. That's the opposite of the meaning of that verse. Of that verse means if we're abiding in him, we're going to ask of what, what does he want in my life? What, what is it that you want for me, Lord? Not what I want, but what do you want? You see, in all three of these passages, the common, the common denominator is, yes, we are all involved. There's an invitation to come. There's a command to follow. And there's here this abiding in me, this uh, command also. But it all has to do with Jesus. To know him. And it results in the fruitfulness of his disciples. And I want that so much for our church. I want us to be here and, and pouring the message of the gospel out for all people to come unto him. For, him for, for people to know him. And for us to follow him. And to abide in him. There's three words that we've used throughout our history. It's the words loving, growing, and serving. Love, grow, and serve. I believe love is exhibited as we come unto him. We know his love. We rest in his love. As we follow him, we're serving. We're following the Lord Jesus. He's making in us into what he would have us to be. But what ties that together is abiding in him, the growth aspect, the production of the fruit in our life.
I want this to be our focus. This, this was a help to me, the focus on the Lord Jesus. What is He doing? He's at work. I found my rest in Him. Not being anxious. Being aware, but not anxious. Seeking Him, following Him as He leads us. And abiding in Him and His Word. Spending time with Him. I, I pray that this, this has been a time of growth for your life. As I made mention when we came and, and, and first began this process about six weeks ago, that the outcome would be one of two things. We'll have drawn closer to Christ or we'll have drifted farther from Him. Answer that question right now. Where am I? First weekend of May, where am I with Christ? Let's bow in prayer. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the Lord Jesus. It's through his name that we are able to pray and come. Father, I do ask that you would grant us wisdom in the days ahead. I ask that we would glorify you through all that is done. And may we give you the praise and glory for it. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've got a special announcement coming up tonight. I don't want you to miss it. And we'll be sure to give you a lot of the details. But tune in 530. And I'll see you back then. Lord bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Cornerstone Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thank you once again for tuning in.